that's a growler. Hello, welcome to the Neverending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and something rides. The movie, The Neverending Story. I'm Thomas Howarth. I'm very disappointed. No, I'm Tierney Steele. <laughs> Today we're talking about Minute 12, which begins with Bastion pulling out the book, The Neverending Story, and it ends 60 seconds later with a creature looking for the source of a rumbling noise. So we get to go to Fantasia today! Oh, it's so exciting. I've been waiting for so long, and it's Yay! I'm so happy that we're finally getting into the, the depth of it. And for those who uh, have forgotten, Fantasia is the name of this land. It is not a Disney movie with a lot of animation and a lot of music. I mean, it is that too, and those are great, and you should absolutely check them out. They're fantastic music concerts, but... We're talking about the never-ending story. We mean Fantasia, the magical, mystical land. Now, shall we take a second, since we're journeying into Fantasia today, to talk about what the book calls it? Um, You mean this fantastic nonsense? Yes, the fantastic nonsense. <laughs> you know, we're all supposed to have read the book first and then watched the movie. and Nobody read the book first. We should be more tied to the book's uh, name of it versus the movies, but no. Everybody's more tied to the movies version of it so <laughs> now, we'll get to the audiobook a little bit later in this minute but yeah i who saw this it actually it reminds me a lot of the princess bride where everyone saw the movie and then eventually you came across the book in that case by william goldman in our case by michael ende yes. and then you read it no one read the book first <laughs> <laughs> so in the first few seconds here you had you'd asked before about how Bastion got this book underneath his shirt and stuff like that. Well, we see here that he has got great sleight of hand skills. We are once again on the exact same page. He whips that book out from under his shirt like he's been doing it for years. All right. All right. My first note is, how does Bastion pull the book out of his sweatshirt like that without unzipping it? But my next thing is, you may remember... My imitating Bastion some episodes back, trying to learn how to cross my fingers like he does. <laughs> yes. Is this another thing that we all need to try at home and post to the Listener Society to see who's the best I think that would be awesome if we could get people to send in videos trying to pull out the biggest book they can from underneath their shirt. And they have to add in the flip as well because he takes it from the orange facing his chest and whips it around as quickly <laughs> as he can. All right. So everyone... Watch Minute 12, study, practice your technique, and then post if you think you can do it as well as Bastion and better than me. Let's see. Bring it on. You have been challenged. I probably should have tried it before I issued that challenge, huh? <laughs> Note that I did not say that I was going to take part in that challenge. I will be the judge. Whew. All right. Well, speaking of judging, I am once again judging the stupid ribbon bookmark. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Look, I told you I had a lot of feelings about books. There was fair warning on this. I'm not a fan. So that anticipatory moment that we were talking about yesterday is so well acted out in what Bastion see what we see Bastion doing here. He's so thoughtful, and you can see him preparing himself mentally to really dive into this book. He wants it to be amazing. He's already imagining all the things it's going to be. 
And he does such an amazing job of portraying that on the screen. Mm. It is a great moment. Our music cues start in again, just like they were when we were looking at the book from the outside. Mm -hmm. And now as Bastion opens the book, we hear the music speed up and get more intense. So the first sentence of the never-ending story, according to this movie, is, It was midnight in the howling forest. Great first line. At first, wasn't sure, is this the howling forest? A forest that is howling? Uh... In the book, it is The Howling Forest, capitalized. It's, it's a that place. That is the name of the forest. Right. But the wind whistled through the tops of the ancient trees, so it's an old forest. And our first image of Fantasia is a terrifying point of view shot of crashing through a dark wood as branches snap around us. So it is howling with the noises. <laughs> yes. So the very first time I watched this movie, I had remembered seeing, I think I almost... I'm almost positive I remembered seeing pictures on the back of the movie showing the Gamork. And I don't remember what other werewolf-style movie it was that I'd seen where you had the animal POV as it was chasing something down. But that was the first thing I thought when I saw this POV was, this is some kind of crazy creature. It might even be the Gamork itself on the hunt for something. I mean, I get why kids were scared of this. It's terrifying. <laughs> you jump every time. Nymeria lives. Game of Thrones fans out there at me. Um, <laughs> I, I love the point of view shot. It's just so crazy as you're crashing through the forest and going back and forth. And um, it's just really cool. And it puts you right into it immediately. I love books like that where all of a sudden you're dropped in. Right. But, but, it's, but it's not you're dropped in and then like... Five seconds in, you get a uh, 24 hours earlier. Right. Like, no, we're just in the this story. This is it. So I'm yeah. going to back us up for just a second to mm-hmm. second 30. And I'm noticing a pattern here. And we'll have to keep an eye out to see how many more times it happens. But we keep getting these ultra close-ups on Bastion's eyes. Bastion's eyes are important in this movie for some reason. They play, I mean, it's probably because Bear Oliver is so expressive with his eyes, but they do another wonderful job here as he's reading the book of showing him his eyes are, are scanning the page. You can see it pretty clearly, and they did a good job of making sure there was a book reflecting in his eyes as he's reading. Mm-hmm. It's not just a blank page. Right. <laughs> he has a great reading voice, and I was going to ask you um, how the audiobook for this is, since I knew you had listened to it. Oh, it's been a few weeks, but... It's an older gentleman reading it, and he does a, he's does he got a slightly English accent, and it's very entertaining. He does a couple different voices. It was really easy to listen to. You definitely could tell the different characters apart, and he kept it very entertaining. But it was definitely an older Englishman's voice. Hmm. Okay. Not German? I could probably German. tell you who it was <laughs> if I looked hard enough. Well... While you're looking, is it okay if I move on to the yes. next thing we see in Fantasia? Which, for the record, we don't know is Fantasia yet, but give us a break, folks. Come on. <laughs> uh, although I came up with some very interesting names for these creatures because I, like I said, just, just started rereading the book. And when I first watched the movie, I didn't know who they were or what they were or what their names were until they introduced themselves later. Right. So first thing we see is a giant snail puppet. <laughs> It's not a puppet in the movie, but it's it's a puppet. Right. And it's a vegetarian, and it looks Aww. so happy. And I love that there's music that is like, I call it the It's Gonna Be Okay Kids music. I think it's a marimba, 
but I wouldn't like stake anyone's life on. Yeah, that. we had the terrifying music as the rumbling as yeah. as the POV pops in, and this lets us know, hey, we're we're still kind of safe here. We're yeah, because because we had creepy piano music, dramatic book music, terrifying rumbling, and now it's like soothing ET right at Universal Studios music. Yes. Um, and it, and it's great, and that snail is so happy with his little snack, and it's really cute if you were a small child super into dinosaurs. Yeah, so quick stop. My book was, the audiobook was narrated by Ger- Gerard Doyle, and like I said, he did a fantastic job, and it was really easy to follow, and if, as you probably remember, some of the book gets really intricate and really hard to follow, but he kept it going, and easy to understand even with all the crazy horrible names he had to read <laughs> that's the hardest part is the names yes oh that's good i like i'm not a big audiobooks person i have trouble focusing i'll get distracted because like you feel like you should be doing something because after all you're just listening but then i can't focus on listening and doing whatever else i'm doing at the same i time. generally listen when i'm driving so i have a thing to focus on and do, but mm-hmm. not so much that I have, I'm completely distracted away from the audio that's playing. See, that's, I can't listen to podcasts when I'm driving. I don't drive that often since I live in the city, but when I do, I can't because all of a sudden I'll realize, oh, I've been looking at the road and I don't know what anyone has said for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, I guess it's, a, it's definitely a developed skill. Audiobooks don't work for me. I only listened to one. It was supposed to be a horror book. I had to read it for book club and for some reason I couldn't get my hands on the book, but I could get the audio book. So I was like, Oh cool. I'll just do this instead. Why not? And it, it, it had like, they did a ghost voice and I could not take it seriously. <laughs> it was so bad. I mean, I, to be fair, that was not a good example. I've heard really good things about like the Harry Potter audiobooks. This Gerard Doyle's guy sounds great, but I just, man, they're not for me. I, yeah. I do it in my own voice. All right. So now we get our very next introduction. The mm-hmm. man in the red suit. See, I read that more as a but yes, I said, and who is this dashing fellow in a top hat eating the world's biggest sticky rice ball? His name in the movie is Teeny Weeny. He was played by Deep Roy, who... um if you see his face, you recognize him from a million different places. So he's in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the 2005 version. He was in Big Fish. Of course, he was here in Never Ending Story. He played a part in Star Trek Into Darkness as the little creature that meets um, Scotty. So he played that creature. Anything that had a small person in it, chances are Deep Roy was in it. But let's take a tie back to our Star Wars days. He played Droopy McCool. Yes, he was inside the animated band leader playing during the cantina scene, I believe it was. So did you happen to get his name from the book? And do you want to try to say it? I didn't, but I can. Oh, you know me. I love trying to say words. Okay. <laughs> I love trying to say names that it, from other languages. That she likes trying work. to say words. That's why she's on a podcast, because she gets to try to say words. <laughs> his species is a tiny in the book. And yes. his name is Gluckuck. Gluckuck. Yeah, so our first character we're introduced to is Gluckuck. And, well, technically second, because we do meet his racing snail first. Who is adorable. Sorry, <laughs> not getting over it. Yeah, um, well, he is well, also adorable. That is a fetching outfit he's got on. And honestly, as a child, I had no idea that he was 
small in stature, actually. I knew that they were making portraying him as small, but I had no idea that he was small in stature in real life. For some reason... No, because he's not standing next to any normal Yeah, the perspective works out really well. The next character we see is a bat sleeping upside down, which checks out, and snoring. And I have questions of if bats snore. (laughs) (laughs) I know there have been a lot of talk on Indiana Jones Minute about bats because of Temple of Doom. And so if they have any insight, please let us know. I'm very curious. This bat is adorable, but I have questions. It's possible that only anapomorphic bats snore. (laughs) We'll go with that. Yeah, it's just, it's real cute, although I love that it's sleeping through everything. Yes, it does sleep through everything, and you'll see that that's a repeated theme for this bat as the movie goes on. I am a person who appreciates sleep, so I'm fine with that. Now, do you know who our last new character is? Because it's kind of humanoid, but it's more animalistic than Mr. Top Hat over I there. I do. This is the Night Hob, or at least it's the way it's described in the credits. He's the Night Hob, and he's played by... This name is really hard to pronounce, and it's my turn to struggle <laughs> over one. His name is Tilo Pruckner. Pruckner, I don't know how to pronounce the U with two dots above it. Mm. But um, Tilo Pruckner plays the Night Hob, and if you look at his credits, almost every single one of his credits is German. So I'm guessing he is a German actor, and it's most likely that every line in here is ADR'd after the fact with <gasps> the languages that we choose to have in them what is your problem (laughs) i didn't know that but you're right because they they co-filmed it yes in german that's not the term but you know what i mean so do we have any idea because i feel like i recognize that voice but you also have to keep in mind this was one of the first movies i ever saw in my entire life and so when i say that voice seems familiar i'm probably remembering this (laughs) Now, there's a chance I'm wrong. Maybe he speaks perfectly English, but I know mm-hmm. that every movie he's in is, is German, so. It's just that voice, like, and, and I mean, he's doing the voice, regardless of wh- whoever is speaking the English. Like, right. this is a choice. I don't think he walks down the street and that's what comes out of his mouth. True. So I'm not sure if it's just a distinctive, like, way of talking that he has. He doesn't talk this minute. Why am I worrying about this yeah. so much? Uh, do you want to give the book name a try? Because sure. in the book, the night hob is just another species, and we yes. get the name of the night hob. The night hob in the book is called Vush Vazul. That's how I was going to guess it. All right, <laughs> good. Then I don't need to say it. Cool. See, I have I got to cheat because I listened to them say it in the audiobook. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, not fair. So, my, like I said, they don't speak in this minute. We're just seeing them looking up, trying to follow the noise, but they're both. So, the snail is eating. Mr. Top Hat is eating, and this hobnob is eating too. So, but the voiceover, the first lines of the book said it was midnight. Yes. They're well, eating dinner at midnight. This is late. Yes, it is midnight, but they're all, they've all decided to sit down at this moment and enjoy a nice meal together. Now, one thing I did want to point out was the, the amazing makeup that went into the night hob. Oh. He's got the red eyes. He's got the, the super structured cheeks and chin. And this hair that kind of goes crazy. This guy they did, both look fantastic. Yes, they did amazing on this. Yeah, I think this is the first time we we really have an idea that these creatures or these people that we've met are not normal sized. They're all very small. Although when I was a child, I assumed they were normal sized and yeah. everything else was huge. 
But and I, it's funny because now that you say that, I thought the same thing. That's a snail. Why did I not put it together? I that, thought it was a giant snail when I was a kid. I really did. Yep. <laughs> I would have totally gone with that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, it looks like one of those geodome things. Yeah. Over the fire. And I again... I used to work at a summer camp. That ain't how campfires look. <laughs> There's no flames. It's just glowing, which, I mean, it was probably much easier for filming, but very and, distracting. For and in its defense, you know, things might work a little differently in Fantasia. Uh, I know, perhaps, I know. Perhaps this is some kind of magic mound that, oh, I hate to do this again, but in the book it does say that this is a, a campsite that people often meet at and... Mm-hmm. Um, stop at because it's so hospitable. So that might be something that's always going there and makes this such a welcoming site. Yeah. Well, and that's an established uh, fire circle. Right. Because the stones around it, they didn't do that tonight. No. They stopped for their midnight dinner. (laughs) But yeah, I guess I did just always assume that everything was very big around them, but it makes so much more sense if it's that they are very small. Uh, Which they definitely are. (laughs) When you're looking at that campsite, I have it paused on second 56, but I would have to listen to it with the volume to see exactly where it is. But I could swear we hear a dog bark twice, which doesn't make any sense, but that's what it sounds like to me. I can't hear it myself, but I'll take your word for it. What I can hear is, I know it's just a synth keyboard playing different kinds of notes, but I swear it sounds like a cell phone ringing in the middle of this forest. (laughs) <laughs> hang on, hang on. I I gotta listen with audio, folks. We have marimbas and dogs, and <laughs> let's see what's going on. There's a on. cell phone, I swear. I'm re- well, but it is like that cell phone tone is called marimba. <laughs> okay, yeah. Second fifty six, second fifty seven. Okay. Oh, I heard it's like a row. Ru- yes, yes. Okay. That sounds like a dog barking. It does definitely. I can hear things. <laughs> I heard something that you didn't, because I'm awesome. I already regret singing that into a <laughs> microphone and putting it on the internet. Uh, so I kept jumping every time they cut back to the crashing, rumbling noise, even though I knew perfectly well that they were going to do that and that it was going to be okay. I still jumped. One thing I find going through this minute by minute is I keep like not realizing the end of the minute's coming, and then when it does, I'm like, oh. But I wanted to see the rest. (laughs) Well, you will see the rest if you come back tomorrow. But that's another story. And it will be told another time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.